King of glory, we come to you this morning, yearning to be like you. And that is our prayer, my Lord of Lords. Oftentimes, my heavenly Savior, we want to pray for ourselves. We want to reach out unto ourselves. We want our own concern. And this sometimes has led us into usury and exploitation of others. We pray today that you transform our hearts not to be so self-centered, but to care about others. Your word teaches us, O King of glory, that to him who wants to be the greatest, they ought to serve others. Lord, you teach us not to reach out for our own interests, but for those of the others. Forgive us for many times we often forget about this and we are focusing on ourselves, O oh Lord, and often reaching out unto our interests and how to enrich ourselves and how to care for ourselves and how to stock things for ourselves. And oftentimes forget that your heart is a heart that is concerned about others. Teach us to care for others, especially in the times of predicament, and Lord, catastrophes and crossroads and desert experiences such that your name shall be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. A story is told of um, uh, three great men that were very uh, famous and rich. And um, in those days, uh, the public means of transport were basically the in thing. Now they were rushing to go and catch a train. And um, en route to this, they went... When they go to uh, the, the train station, there were lots of people and pushing and tagging. And there was a blind girl that was selling apples. And um, because of the pushing and tagging, two of the men got into the train. And just when the third one was about to enter, he realized that they had shoved uh, a young girl to the side and she had actually fallen and all her apples had um, you know, spilled over. Now what happened was that uh, the train was leaving, but this man looked at the young lady and said, I can't leave her like this. So he went and reached out unto her, picked her up, uh, picked every apple that was still uh, good to go, put it back on the tray, and um, uh, reached out to his pocket and was giving some money to the girl to compensate for the loss. And uh, that is when the man realized that the girl was blind because the girl could not take the money. But finally, um, he got to put it in uh, one of her, her passes and um, talk to her and apologize and say, please forgive us. We didn't mean to do this. It was the ranch. But I know you're going to have a good day because I've more than paid for your loss. And now I will be good to go. And um, he left. Just before he left, he had discovered the girl was blind. And then the girl called out to him and said, are you Jesus? <laughs> that is a heart, a far-reaching story. Are you Jesus? Because as far as this girl was concerned, um, she was blind and had not seen Jesus, and she thought Jesus was a physical person uh, going by what she had heard about him. And now she thought maybe Jesus had visited her, and uh, this man uh, you know, was shocked to get to understand that. Friends, today we want to uh, speak about reaching out unto others in days of catastrophes in and in our desert experiences and uh, our crossroad experiences. And today our theme is entitled, as we wind up the catastrophic teaching, our theme is entitled, um, A Hand and Heart That Reaches Out in Catastrophe and Predicament. A hand and a heart that reaches out in catastrophe and predicament. And friends, we are winding up this teaching about catastrophes. And uh, we are saying 
that we need to be focused on others and this is how to respond we started by how to respond yesterday we talked about prayer and now today we are talking about we are talking about um a hand and a heart that reaches out in catastrophe and predicament and tomorrow we'll be winding out this teaching and tomorrow's teaching will be making a crossover into revival like you, you you'll hear it when the time comes our passage of focus will be nehemiah chapter 5 Incidentally, we're winding up in nehemiah for some reason and nehemiah chapter 5 is our passage of focus um and it says in verse 1 now there were a great now there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish brothers. For there were those who had said, who said, we, our sons and our daughters are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. And there were others who said, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards and our houses that we might get a grain because of the famine. Also, there were those who said, we have borrowed money for the king's tax on our fields and on our vineyards. Now our flesh is like the flesh of our brothers, our children like their children. Yet behold, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters are forced into bondage already. And we are helpless because our fields and vineyards belong to others. Then I was very angry. This is Nehemiah speaking now. Then I was very angry when I had heard their outcry under these words. I consulted with myself and contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, you expecting, you exerting usury, you exerting usury um, each from his brother. Therefore, I held a great assembly against them. I say to them, we, according to ability, have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. Now would you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us? Then they were silent and could not find a word to say. Again I said, the thing which you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of the Lord? And that's going to be our tomorrow's focus. Uh, our God, because of um, uh, the reproach of the nations, our enemies, and likewise I my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain please let us have let us leave off this usually uh, please give back to them this very day their fields their vineyards their olive groves and their houses also in the hundreds part of the money and of the grain the new wine and the oil let me skip now to verse 14. moreover from the day that i was appointed and to be their governor in the land of Judah uh, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of King Aradzaxis for 12 years, neither I nor my kinsmen have eaten the governor's food allowance. But the former governors who were in before me laid burdens on the people and took uh, from them bread and wine besides uh, 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants domineered the people. But I did not do so because of uh, the, fear, the fear of the Lord. I also applied myself to the work on this wall. We did not buy any land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 Jews and officials, <laughs> besides those who came to us for the nations that were around us. Now, that which was prepared for each day was one ox 
and six uh, six choice sheep also birds were prepared for me and once in 10 days all sorts of wine were furnished in abundance and so on and so forth friends nehemiah here recounts um the history of the reconstruction of the wall a project that was able to accomplish in 52 days you would do well to remember that nehemiah was a very rich man that had been um serving as the cup bearer of the emperor over the entire empire of persia under which the kingdom of um it was no longer a kingdom but the province of um judah was under now when he came back to reconstruct the wall of jerusalem uh, god by the hand of the emperor appointed him governor over the people and as a governor he had a right to take money about 40 shekels of silver now that's a lot of money eh? about 40 shekels of silver and that is 40 times 11.5 grams that gives you how much money they were paying times 3300 that gives you how much money they were paying at uh, that particular time i could quickly compute that I did not think about it, but just so you know how much money these people were exerting um, out of these people. But now Jeremiah, um, Nehemiah is saying that as far as I'm concerned, I did not take from them. But instead, what did I do? I basically fed them. I lent them money, but not uh, for profit. Yeah, they were taking 1.518 um, million. 1,518,000 um, <laughs> as tax from these people. Now you realize that the people were very poor. When we started the chapter, you could see that there are three categories of people here. One, there are people that were complaining that they could not get adequate food, but this was coming. Why? Um, because of um, an unfairness, because of injustice. The second category could not pay um, the taxes and the third category uh, had to send its, um, its children, their children into um, captivity, into a slavery to be able to raise the money that they needed, either to pay taxes or to take care of their bills. It was a terrible, terrible situation. Now, friends, there are two things here that we are going to consider today. One, as we are speaking about a theme that is entitled A Hand and a Heart That Reaches Out, um, in catastrophes and predicament. One, we need faith and a relationship with God uh, to reach out. Two, um, uh, then we reach out, uh, as simple as that. I'm going to fuse them into one, but they are two. Friends, what Nehemiah starts with here is a, um, basically a comparison of a heart of a man that knows God and a heart of one that doesn't. This is not simply about giving because there are people that I know that give like Mama Fina, but it's not because they know God, not at all. And what they are doing does not take them to heaven. It doesn't lead them into eternal life. Even recently over TV, I, I think yesterday, when I got back home, I was seated with my people briefly, and I saw this. She had to traverse the whole journey um, from, from Kampala to Toronto to reach out to uh, some ladies that were not doing well at all. But you know that um, the word of the Lord teaches that that, that spoils a man comes from within. And you know that he <laughs> he speaks and he says that even if I give out my body to be burnt and I don't have love, which we know comes out of God, I'll be quoting that scripture, um, then I profit nothing. So basically, this is not basically about giving per se, even when giving is a very good thing, but it is first of all about the heart. 
I want to draw your attention to verse 9, which is going to be our concluding message tomorrow. In verse 9, um, no, 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 no. I want to draw your attention to verse um, 15, uh, verse 15, um, which says, um, we are in Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 15. It says, But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine beside 40 shekels of silver, which I'm telling you was about 1.5 um, million, a lot of money for such a poor lot of people. Even their servants dominated their people. But I did not do so because of the fear of God. That is the denominator there. Friends, what actually transforms a man is the fear of God on their inside. Because the Bible amply and abundantly teaches us that what spoils a man actually comes from within. Um, Matthew 15, 19, it comes from within. Genesis 6, um, 5, the Bible says, And God looked down upon the earth and said, I will no longer struggle with man. And he says that uh, for his every meditation was continually evil you see the bible teaches us that guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life proverbs 4 23 so you get to realize that god has basically gotten to deal with the software before he handles the hardware you see you can conjure up things you can actually be able to work from the outside and convince people and be a player convince people from things that are not a conviction from your inner man that doesn't go far this is why we are saying we are not focusing essentially on giving per se but we are saying in a in in a, a catastrophe or in a, a predicament god is looking at a heart and a hand that reaches out but essentially this has to come from within that is what will basically be impacting this is why we know so many good people that god is speaking to me right now um, I, I've been one that has been hurt at one point or the other, and I was saying, why must everyone cry out to Mama Fina, especially when they're in predicament, and yet the church is there? And God gave me an answer. You know what? The church is acting. The church is reaching out to people in many um, ways. But you know what? The church doesn't seek the camera. It doesn't. It will not seek the camera. You know, but when people like her reach out to give out, a camera must be at hand. They have to be seen, you know, giving out money, giving out stuff, you see. And the fact notwithstanding that even some of us church people want to give out in camera. Uh, but there are many people that are doing a tremendous job. You know, a, 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 a group of young men and, and women that I lead have a buffer, you know, fund that uh, they used to give out and to those that i need they did it the last lock lockdown and they're doing it even now but they don't invite for cameras they don't call out for cameras there's a time they reach out to a very poor family in a in in in, in a location that is far off from here bought mattresses and stuff like that and you be like yeah and these are not people that are rich these are young men and women that have been touched by the word of god but are simply exercising what the lord i mean says friends god answered me today he says the church is reaching out maybe we are not doing enough but we are not going into the cameras and this is why people will run to mama fina because she'll go through the camera she'll go <laughs> you see that so we need to understand that if your heart is going to reach out and your heart is going to reach out in predicament and catastrophe first of all we need you to be connected with the lord and have a personal relationship such that when you give it is to the honor and glory of the lord you remember very well what 
and the Lord teaches in Matthew chapter 6, and he says, when you give, your left hand should not even know what your right is giving. Is that possible, really? Um, what he actually meant is not uh, pointing to, um, um, you see, a, a physical, a literal connotation here. He's basically pointing to, you see, humility. When you give, seek to honor the Lord, not yourself. Friends, these people that were exerting usually on the lives of the people, exploiting their friends uh, and, and their fellow countrymen, were a very ungodly lot of people, exerting usually on them, exploiting them, uh, cheating them, giving them exorbitant loans, uh, charging them with very high interest, selling them into slavery. They were very ungodly people. That's what Nehemiah is showing you. Because when you back up and you go into um, Leviticus chapter 25, you're going to realize that it was essentially against uh, the law of the Lord uh, to do those kind of things that they were doing. And therefore, what does this tell you about them? They did not know God and they did care about him. This is why they sought to enrich themselves at the expense of their countrymen. Uh, in Leviticus 25, 25, he says, If a fellow countryman of yours becomes so poor, he has to sell, that he has to sell part of his property, then his nearest kinsman is to come and buy back that. Uh, what his relative has sold or in case a man has no kinsman but so recovers his means as to find sufficient uh, for its redemption then he shall calculate the years since his sale and refund the balance to the man to whom he sold it and to return to his property but if he has not found sufficient means and to get it back for himself then what he has sold shall remain in the hands of his purchaser until the year of jubilee but at the jubilee it shall revert and he may return to his property they were not doing this it is even harder in uh, um leviticus 25 35 listen to this in leviticus 25 35 he says now in case a countryman of yours becomes poor his bills with regard to your fault to you falter then you are to sustain him like a stranger or a sojourner and that he may live with you don't take usarius interest from him now usually means uh, usury means this exploitation intense exploitation um by means of um taking advantage of people's need you see that's what usually is but revive your god you see let me do 36 again don't do not take usarius interest from him but revive your god and your countrymen may live with you meaning if these people were to fear the lord they would have lived in a, you know amical fellowship with these their poor brothers and sisters but they didn't you shall not give him your silver at an interest nor your food uh, for gain i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt to give you the land of canaan and to be your god in other words he says you are a slave at some point you should not make your countrymen slaves this is why nehemiah is telling you that out of my own means i lent to the people but at no interest secondly those that were sold into slavery i redeemed when i was still living in Persia. i redeemed using my resources and those that were around me thirdly he tells you I am governor, but I'm not taking what is duly mine. I'm not charging them the 1.5 million that they should be giving me because they're very poor. I can see them. Thirdly, I'm feeding the people that we are working with, the leaders of the people, with over six cows, a, with, with a cow a day, 
six sheep a day and lots of other things. He was not just rich, but generous and feared the Lord. And this is why he did this. Friends, as we go through these catastrophic days, as we go through our predicaments in our day, God is saying the perfect response is to give unto our friends, reach out with the heart, but also with the hand. This is why we put the two together. There are people who simply reach out with their hand and they want to be seen. I've given you an example already. There are many people of that nature. Some of us who don't have much, but you can do the little, you can give the little that you have. You see, this is what Nehemiah was doing, giving out and ensuring that there is sanity and there is holiness. And friends, people are going to realize that uh, God lives and God reigns. You know that God said that if um, um, you, you are my disciples in John um, chapter what, uh, must be 13, 36, eh? that by these people shall tell that you're my disciples when you love one another. You see, that, that is what he says. That's what he says. Now, the Lord himself uh, teaches us that if if someone uh, through Paul in First uh, Corinthians 13, what, 3, he says, if I give, um, if I have no love, if I give my body to be burnt, you know, uh, and give out all my, my stuff in charity, but I have no love, then I've profited nothing. This is why we are saying the center uh, should be Christ and uh, then he should guide our, our giving. And if I give all my possession to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, uh, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. I hear a question. Someone is saying, can someone give out without love? Oh, yes, because love, uh, God is love, and those who dread in him are dread in love. So how do you give out of love? And uh, you don't have Christ at the center, and you're saying you're a diviner. How could you be doing that in love? The Bible simply um, excludes that kind of thing. So you can see that. Friends, if every one of us was reaching out to their neighbor uh, with the little that they had, this um, predicament would not be that much. Uh, just yesterday, I was seeing a lady uh, saying she had four children, but she's willing to sell one so she can raise money to take care of the others. Uh, can, can you imagine what we are facing right now? But would you convince me that there are no people around her, that she doesn't have neighbors that have means to, to survive and to reach out unto her? If each one of us could reach out unto the other with the little that we have, the impact would be way up there. Let me tell you, friends, many of us want to be great, but the way to be great is to be less. The way to be great is to be less by reaching out unto others. And our Lord Jesus Christ has taught us this in Scripture. He teaches in Matthew uh, chapter 20. You remember the story of James and John's mother coming to Jesus and uh, her declaring that Jesus would, should declare that one, um, uh, that both her sons would sit on <clears throat> his right and his left in heaven. And Jesus said, uh, you know, explain that that was not for him at that moment in the flesh um, to, to determine. But he said there's one thing that he knows because this was, uh, you know, a breeding animosity in the lives of the people or um, the apostles or the, his disciples. And he says he gave them a formula that I know this is about you wanting to be great, but I will show you what you should do if you want to be great. Let me just do it verbatim. Uh, Matthew 20, 20 says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and one on your left. 
<laughs> but Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm able to drink, that I'm about to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, my cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. And hearing this, the ten became indignant, you see, because they also desired it, and now they are becoming indignant towards each other uh, with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you uh, shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I know you're going to say, you were going to say before I read 28, but Levran, that is not about giving. I know. But let me tell you, the spirit that... um impedes anyone from not reaching out unto others is a spirit of self-exaltation is a spirit of pride is a spirit of self-focus and this is why we have to do this jesus shows us that if someone you know cares about the lord and loves him they are not going to put themselves first they're going to humble themselves and not lord it over others but they're going to focus on others friends let me tell you if you want to touch the heart of god touch others if you want to touch the heart of God, touch others. That is how it works. Many of us want to be great, but Jesus shows us that the way to be great is to care about others. And this is why in Matthew 22, um, 36, when um, um, Sadiqi came to Jesus, uh, he wanted to silence him, knowing that he had silenced Pharisees, not knowing that he's dealing with God. He came and he wanted to trick him and ask him and asked him and said, what is the greatest law? What did our Lord say? The greatest law is that you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. And secondly, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he said, over the, upon these two laws, all the law is premised that there is no greater law than these two, which he fuses into one in Galatians 6 and he calls it the law of who? Christ. Friends, if you want to touch the heart of God, touch others. For God shows us, like Christ just said in Matthew 20, 28, that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others by laying down his life for others as a ransom. In this um, pandemic, in the catastrophes that we are facing, in the various predicaments of life that have been here and will be until Christ comes back, friends, God is inviting us to reach out unto others. See, what, what little can you share with someone, even if you don't have much? Uh, let's stand with particular families that are not doing well. We don't have to go to the camera like some people do on TV and they praise them. You, you see, you don't have to give much. Uh, you, you see, let's, let's, let's stand out with someone. This is the way to stand in a predicament, in a, a catastrophe. I know people want to hear God is going to do this for you. But you know what? God is saying, yes, I'll do that. But oftentimes we are blessed to bless others. Because when Jesus came, he did come to seek his own glory. Even when the Lord exalts him and gives him that thereafter. But he says he came to serve and lay down his life as a ransom for others. And that he purely did. Bless us today to have a heart that will be concerned about others. For this very reason, you sent your son. And my father, you want us to live after him. 
You really want us to live after him. Be glorified in every way. Challenge us, O oh God, trust this. Let us share the little that we have with whoever is in need. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.